All right, we are here, Wrestling Perspective Podcast, uh, our first live show. I think, uh, Dimitri, we've done a live show many, many, many years ago. It was me, you, Jason Kendall, I believe, and maybe Petey back in the day, but I think it was for sure me, you, and Kendall, we did a live show. Uh, you were back. Uh, before we really jump in and get things going for, especially people at home. If you're watching live, you'll probably figure it out as we go. There's no Lars Fredrickson. He is taking a very long hiatus, uh, figuring things out. We're still good. He may or may not come back. We, you know, are good terms. But uh, Dimitri and I, we talk all the time. We're wrestling nerds. Dimitri did the show, had to step away to go do some coaching. I said, man, you know, he's gone. I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's like, hey. Hey, call me, brother. I'm in. I tagged him in, and here he is. Dimitri, welcome back home. Hey, thank you for the warm, warm welcome back. <clears throat> I'm glad to be back. Obviously, I'm not coaching anymore. I'm not coaching anymore high school baseball. I, I had that experience. I can put that behind me now. And now I can focus on talking about wrestling. And as you see... Since I'm back, I've always been in the t-shirts, and I'm wearing a Jake the Snake Roberts t-shirt. And every show that you see us do from here on out, I will be wearing a wrestling t-shirt of some sort. I'm going to throw it out there, um, pro wrestling tees. I will be ordering some t-shirts tonight, but uh, sponsorship is always cool. And... Um, you know, yeah, you'll see me wearing a different one. And um, I wear WWE, I wear AEW, I wear TNA, I wear New Japan. All you indie wrestlers that are out there listening, hey, send me your T-shirt. I will wear it on one of our episodes. So putting that out there for all of y'all professional wrestlers and all you professional wrestling fans. And uh, I know it's kind of weird for people to see shows on these feeds again. Uh, we've been doing shows, but they've been strictly over at Fightful. So we're kind of doing a 50-50 thing where we're still on Fightful. Our interviews will be over there and then posted over on these feeds that you're watching live now a little bit later. We do have a couple guests lined up. Can't announce anything yet, but uh, you will be pleasantly happy. You can. Uh, I do believe I'm going to upload a bunch of old interviews we have that we haven't released on this feed, but we're over on Fightful. We'll call them flashback episodes with Lars and I. Uh, Dolph Ziggler will be the next one we post. You missed that one, Dimitri. That was a good one. Mispronounced his name. Didn't let me forget the rest of the show. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know, what, right? What Did you call him Dolph or did you call him Nick? Uh, I called him Nick Nesmith. Nesmith from the guy from the monkey. So, yeah. yeah so, you calling, you calling Dolph Ziggler a monkey? Hey, now. Wow. Hey, whoa. whoa. So uh, here in a second, once again, we will be jumping into the Elimination Chamber uh, recaps. We're really excited about this. Our first show back together. Uh, just in case, if you don't know who Dimitri Young is, uh, can I just you know rattle off a few of your credentials? Hey, they better be correct. 13-year MLB vet, two-time All-Star Comeback Player of the Year. Did I mention, uh, what, a 292 hitter in the major leagues? Yes, yes, okay. Everything was correct right there. You did do your homework. I appreciate I, that. I, we're friends. We're besties. I mean, 
171 home runs. Didn't you once hit like three home runs on opening day here in Detroit? Yeah, 2005. Yeah. At my at my older age right now, that was back in uh, 2005. That was uh, okay, 2005. A long time ago. So Absolutely. So Dimitri Young will be sitting in new host here. We love him. I guess you're what a two-time host now. I, you you've left and came back. Maybe left and came back. So maybe a three-time champ. No, uh, when I left, I, I left and did a couple of guest appearances. Okay. So elimination chamber over the weekend. It was uh, at five a.m. my time. Was it uh, two a.m. your time when it came on? Yeah. Go- yes, it was. Let's talk about the lead up into it. What did you do to prepare? Because that was a struggle, I think, for many Americans when wanting to watch this or, you know, whether wanting to watch it live was, do I take a nap? Do I get up? What do I do to prepare? What did you do before I tell you what I did? All right. Well, I had a whole bunch of hidden lessons that night. So I had to go through all of that until 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Because I had to watch it at two in the morning, and so from there, what I did, I ran over to Coffee Bean, and that's my coffee of choice, Starbucks. Blah. Anyway, went to go get me some Coffee Bean, <clears throat> drank some of that, but I was still able to sleep, and that's with extra espresso and my mocha latte. Yeah, and I can, yeah, I can go right to sleep, and then I woke up at two seventeen to your text with your post with your stogie in your in your whiskey like with your feet propped up and then i turned on the tv and i started watching as well and uh yeah let's get into it because it was very 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 that was a great great follow-up i'm a follow-up to um what wrestlemania has in store for us and kind of a little about my night real quick uh, I took a nap, got up, and I decided I'm going to do it right. I lit a cigar, sat back. I had some whiskey. Oh, bourbon, I'm sorry to you uh, people out there that uh, it matters how I call it. But Snobby I a, ass. Yeah. So I, I had my bourbon, had my feet up. I turned my little uh, propane heater in the garage. I had the pay-per-view up. I threw a little darts before. I had a na- my next-door neighbor actually came over and watched it with me at 5 a.m., which I was – I was like, what the fuck are you doing? But you know what? Hey, he's a wrestling fan. I I was shocked. Like we kind of, you know, when you talk about it and you're like, oh yeah, come on over, have a drink. But you know, he's not going to show up. You're like, oh yeah, I'll be over at 5 a.m. You're like, I don't even want to be here at 5 a.m. Dude showed up at 5 a.m. I was like, all right, let's rock and roll. I don't know what you're pissed off about. You were the one that threw the offer out there. If I I was to get, if I, yeah, yeah. You threw out that offer thinking that he was going to say no. You overthought the situation and you wind up having company at five in the morning, which personally I thought was cool that, that someone would get up at five in the morning and actually like, doom, doom, doom. what's up? I'm here to watch wrestling. I'm for real about this. He probably had a great discussion with his wife and, and <clears throat> probably should ask him what was his sleeping plan before coming over and watching, watching Elimination Train. Oh, I had to nudge him. He was laying next to me. No, uh, but no. It, uh, I no, you were serious. No, I'm not serious. Yes, you were. <laughs> That's okay. But but I was happy he showed up. Anyways, uh, I didn't watch the kickoff show. 
Um, I was kind of, I came up, turned on the heat, got ready. You know, I had my cup of coffee and then I had my bourbon. I was getting comfortable during the kickoff match. Uh, for a women's kickoff tag team title match, I thought it was kind of okay for what little bit I caught, but I was more excited about everything else. And uh, I don't know. Did you watch any of the kickoff? You know what? After in the afternoon on Saturday, I, I wanted watching everything over again just so I can have a, a, a I'm awake view of Elimination Chamber to be able to talk about it. And um, it was that the, the kickoff show was more or less to show off Indy Hartwell as a homecoming for her. She had great pop. But you also got to see a little Easter egg with how evil, and I use the word evil, Oscar and Kyrie saying look and how they act evil. So that's putting that's putting more icing on that cake of that whole damage control with Bailey and Dakota Kai, and then the Kabuki Warriors and Io Sky. Well, let's start with the first match of the night on the official card. It was a women's elimination chamber match. Becky Lynch, Bianca, Liv, Tiffany Stratton, uh, Naomi, and Rodriguez. What did you think of this match? From I, the, First of all, the entrances were great. I love the stage setup. The crowd, I, it looked like it was a full stadium. I was pretty impressed with the turnout. I think it was, what, 52,000 people in attendance? Yes, yes. It was, yeah, Triple H came out later and announced the crowd and thanked them for coming out. And, uh, huh. Well, uh, the match started off with Lynch and Naomi. I thought those two were perfect in their kickoff. Uh, it really kept the match interesting. When those two, I and I didn't know the order. I knew that was going to be the first match of the night because my buddy PD, your buddy PD too, was the producer on that match. So I knew it was the opening, but I didn't. I didn't want to know too much about it. But I think Lynch and Naomi being the two starters was was perfect for this match, and it set the tone. Oh, it definitely did. And then you saw who came in next. It's Tiffy time. Yes, Tiffany Stratton. Wow. What do you think of her? Because I really thought that she had this, this match didn't quite highlight her the way I wanted to. She was technically the only heel in this match. And I really thought this could have been a match for her to really highlight her, you know, sneaky heel like tactics. And I didn't feel like they did that enough for her. Well, I mean, they had to give her a little bit of, cause she, she did do a lot. I mean, not, to the standard of what you would think like a Jay Cargill would get where, where was she, by the way? But that's a discussion later on. But um, when she came in and the one thing that they've, you know, they mentioned was her history of her beating, you know, her, you know, fighting Becky Lynch for the NXT woman's title. And that's how Becky Lynch got it. And so they already have a history amongst themselves. And for Naomi to take the pin, it, it, that she's a team player first and foremost, especially coming back from her stint in TNA as Trinity and finding herself and and becoming a major player for her to be able to 
you know, it is what it is. She's creating a star right there. And and what Tiffany did, I mean, that that's good. And is trust me, there's more to come, but you're right. Her being the only heel in there made it kind of difficult with all those fan favorites. I you know what, talking about Naomi and coming back, I and listen, this is just speculation. I don't know anything. I really felt like when she left the first time around, it wasn't really her decision. It I it felt like more of a, a Monet decision and she kind of followed along with her. I like that she ended up in impact really blazed a path for herself and now came back and she, I feel like she's a better wrestler back now. You didn't quite see it in this match. Once again, didn't highlight her enough, but the fact that she took the pin and was the first one out, I think you're right. It shows that she's a team player and this match all around way better than I thought it would be. I I feel like oh, yeah. if I had to rank the matches of the night, top two. Oh, what's number one? Well, we'll get to that. I can tell you what the worst okay. match of the night was, and that was the main event, in my opinion. Oh, oh. Uh, the main event you're talking about? Um, um, two two Australians. Uh, well, one Australian. Uh, yes. Uh, the other one was born in Australia. Okay. Two Australians. Yes. But yes, yes uh, when we get to it, we'll talk more about it. Okay. Overall, uh, if you had to grade this match, because there were some great spots in this match. I don't, I think they didn't reinvent the wheel during the match. It was uh, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It was, I think your status quo women's elimination chamber match. Nothing too risky. They had the spots that you like to see. Girl gets on top of the cage, jumps. Mm-hmm. I thought that was well done. There wasn't many. There wasn't anything in this match. I went, oh, that took me out. Other than, and I will say this, and I gave Pete shit about this, and I will say this now on the air, that shadow from the cage that that took over in the middle of the ring when they stood there and you couldn't see their you're you're a billion dollar company wwe and you have a shadow in the middle of the ring that might have been my only real complaint on this whole pay-per-view was that shadow in the middle of the ring when people would stand in there and it was just cast i was like come on that's 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 something i would expect to see in tna or impact well it was also an open stadium too so the way that the sun hits and and WWE didn't have enough time to do all that scientific measurements and stuff. So, I mean, is is your complaint, um, you know, warranted? I mean, in a sense, yeah. But to give them that kind of criticism, then it's shame on you. Is the only real criticism I had was that shadow. Uh, in all honesty. I know, and, I had, and I had nothing to do with the match. So the match itself was, it was perfect for how it started. It set the tempo, like you said, not only for that match, but for the entire show. Well, Becky Lynch wins it. She's going on to WrestleMania. Uh, we'll talk about the match a little bit later, who she faces in WrestleMania. You happy with who won it? I am. I'm I'm happy. You know, I mean, everything is setting itself up for, you know, the grandest show of them all. And not and for Becky Lynch to not be in the main event fighting the winner of the main event. You know, it, it, that's why Triple H is where he's at right now, because he 
has nice slow burning storytelling and he puts together the best matches because he was a big wrestling fan growing up and yeah i'm giving i'm giving triple h his thumbs up because he's doing a great job now let's go absolutely i feel like he deserves it uh you know we, we we've got a comment out there good cop bad cop i haven't seen you guys in way too long uh they can't stay long but we'll catch the full version tomorrow uh absolutely listen we've been around we appreciate the comments uh we've been over in fightful we haven't uploaded any shows here lars is on hiatus for anybody just catching up or listening if you're listening in the past and you've already heard this spill Sorry if you're watching live. It's like a radio show, you know. We'll give you the updates on the 10s and 20s. But before uh, before we continue that, I do want to say, uh, going into the undisputed WWE Tag Team title match, Judgment Day, Damian Peace, Priest, Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne. Thank God Pete Dunne again, by the way. I like that they reverted back to it. the name change. Made me happy in Tyler Bates. Dimitri, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you first. We're, I, I went in. Uh, and I will tell you what I thought about this match, but going into the match, I'm like, all right, bathroom break match. If I need to refill on a drink, I'm going to go get it. Glad I didn't, though. Oh, I mean, first of all, Pete Dunn finally reverting back to Pete Dunn. I'm sorry, the Butch character was just beneath me. When it comes to him, you know, being a bruiser weight, just tearing up NXT for years and finally getting called up to the main roster, being very much underutilized and you know what he played the character butch to a t but that's not who he is he is the bruiser he's the one that's i mean he was doing that as butch you know, you know his wrestling style didn't really change but as the bruiser way it was just that whole snarly like uh 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 uh, Steven, uh, a William Regal clone. I won't even say clone. It's just like next generation, you know, William Regal. And 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 finally seeing him and Tyler Bates, Tyler Bates finally up in the big leagues. You know, they're going to put together great matches. And down the road, they will get the tag team belts. Only because WWE fans really don't know who they are, just like they really don't know who DIY is either, or DIY. I I watched this match with low hopes for it. At the end of this match, I thought, holy cow, this was actually a very good match from start to finish, well-told story. Even the blackout where apparently they blacked yeah. out the footage for, you know, it felt like forever, but it was probably like 10, 15 seconds where the whole front row of the crowd was just given uh mysterio the finger and they had to kind of blur it out i think there was another uh time where they had to blur out the audio because people were chanting some stuff but uh well played well done match there were a couple moments where i actually thought butch it, it, butch uh bates and wow. um i know rap bates and dunn i really felt like there was a period there where they could have actually won this match i they did a great job of making me feel like that anyone could have walked away with the belts in this match. I mean, I mean, that is what Triple H likes to do. And um, we did not even mention Dom and Tom and Nick Mysterio. I mean, Nick, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> our truth, he's hilarious. But I mean, did you, did you the, the crowd control, the way that he 
controls the crowd. They booed the, I mean, they booed the devil out of his ass. And I mean, it's just like he plays up to it, and he made that match a lot more interesting just with his presence and and, and his tactics alone. I, I really love watching Next Generation Mysterio. He is hilarious. Uh, you know what? One of those guys, once again, I didn't have high hopes for. You know, I really felt like here was a kid that rode his dad's coattails to the WWE, which isn't bad. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I wish I had a dad that I could ride his coattails somewhere. I didn't. But, you know, uh, on, on Dominic really has surprised me. He's come into his own character. Uh, you know, I'm glad that they didn't stick him behind the mask or anything like that. And if they were right now, I'd like it to be kind of a satirical kind of thing. But back to this match, uh, the presentation, the match itself was great. Although I did have, once again, back to the lighting, it really felt like a dark match around them. Did, did it not feel like it was the presentation of the match felt very WCW-like? It was just dark all around. But is, was it just a me thing, or did you feel that way too? It definitely had a darker tone, but I thought that may have played in just the, the Judgment Day and that dark purple and black. And and that, that's personally what I thought about it. I, I may be thinking too much into it. Well, obviously not more than me because of my two critiques of the whole pay-per-view was lighting at best. Yeah, so you gave it a ranking down because of lighting something that they couldn't control. I haven't even told you my ranking yet, baby. We're still. Uh, I already know it's good because keep going. Let's go. Very happy with the pay-per-view, by the way. It was for me. I, you know what? We'll save this to the end where we kind of give our final thoughts. We'll Jerry Springer the end of this podcast, but until then Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins comes out, pairs on the Grace and Waller effect. That was fine. I, you know what? It would felt it was the longest segment on the whole pay per view of twenty two minutes. Um, all right. Let me. Let, I thought it was good up until the very end, where it seemed like it was a forced altercation. Then they went back and beat him up a little bit. Did that not feel almost like Rollins and, and Rhodes kind of were the heels in this whole thing? It was like they tried to put a little extra into it, maybe. Maybe opening up the storyline a little more where there may be a, some sort of turn happening. And maybe they want to throw a swerve and go in that direction versus the whole rock and, and Roman area. Well, the, basically, the segment ends with Austin Theory getting his butt kicked by the two guys, uh, Waller. By the oh, way, you talking about those two, Austin Theory? Oh my God! I, after that interview that he um, cursed out dude and told him about, mm -hmm. told him about himself. You know, it's like I, I look at Austin Theory differently just from that. And so, in that segment, you know, he needs to get under some better, um, some tutelage. Like when he was under um, Seth Rollins' arms, when he was learning from him, I thought that he was a very good character then. I don't know why they broke him and Seth Rollins up. So. I kind of agree. Uh, for for me, the end of the segment was gold where they were kind of tearing up the Grayson Waller effect and you saw Grayson kind of pick up the fern and like, don't hurt the fern. 
I thought that was gold for me. <laughs> I I well, you need, think you need that comic. Yeah, I, and you know what? I really think Grayson Waller. I I want to see more out of him. I know he's injured right now. Uh, it's going to take time for him to get back into action. The role they have him in right now is, is pretty good. Uh, I. I feel like a little overexposed, but it's good, especially going over the Perth, his hometown. I really felt like they did a good job of using him as a mouthpiece to promote the show over there. I, I wasn't. He got, he got a good pop too. Oh, I second best pop of the night. I think. I agree. We all read the first. Uh, the men's wow. elimination chamber was next. Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, L.A. Knight, Kevin Owens, and Logan Paul. Uh, it was Knight and McIntyre that started the first part of the match out. Once again, I actually was very surprised at this. You know, in the new age of WWE, where the last four or five pay-per-views, whether it's a Hell in a Cell or Elimination it all just seemed very cookie-cutter. This felt cookie-cutter, but a little bit exciting, too. Uh, I was super surprised at how well this came off. The I tell you, the Kevin Owens and Logan Paul stuff, amazing. <laughs> I loved how, how he went into the pod and smashed him around a little bit. I, there were a lot of good moments in this match. Oh, 100%, you know, and me going into that match, and it's just like everything that both the men and the female do, and the female starts off, the female always knock it out of the park. And so when, like, for for instance, Royal Rumble, the women's Royal Rumble was incredible. The guys, it was good. It was not bad. But if we're over here comparing, it was like, the women's was filet mignon, and we're going to the sizzler with the men. And so my expectations were pretty low. But you had those six guys that really know how to put on a show. And they did. They put on the show. I was I was thoroughly impressed. Uh, all the tomfoolery from Logan Paul. I mean, God. He's got that punchable face, but he's what six foot four and Jack and could whoop your ass in real life. <laughs> you, you, Logan Paul has really redefined how uh, non wrestlers come into the industry. Maybe the Miz, athletes, actors, I, Bad Bunny. But Logan Paul to me has really set the bar, bar so high. Here's a guy that. You know, when you hear Logan Paul, you know, I think kid YouTuber. I'm an old guy now. Like, I, that's how I know him. Uh, and then when I hear Logan Paul's getting into wrestling, I'm like, I, I've got zero interest in this. This guy has made me do a 180. I am on board with whatever he's selling in the WWE. Logan Paul, like him or hate him, has put the work in to be great. And I respect that out of this kid. Yeah, you know what? It's something about that Paul family. You know, you, you look at him at first as, oh, look at look at this Jake Paul guy, you know, beating up on these guys. He takes it seriously. And by the time I learned about who Logan Paul was, I hear all of these different facts about him as far as playing football and just being athletically 
jacked at the same time. And then you look at its body, it's like, <laughs> this guy, this guy is not messing around. This guy freaking jacked. And like you said, putting in the work, like Bad Bunny and then Steve Amell, you know, he, he did some good wrestling. I'm, I'm sure if he would have put more time into it, you know, he, he could have been something serious because he has the body and stuff as well. But we're talking about Logan Paul here. And, you know, like I said, he has that punchable face, except he can whoop your ass. So he is doing exactly what he needs to put more of the mainstream eyeballs on the wrestling product. Some people call me the Logan Paul of podcasting. No, they don't. No, nah, I know. I mean, no. Thanks for that, man. I, I, for a half second, I could have convinced the millions and millions of watchers out there that I was, <laughs> that, but I'm not. Uh, for me, though, the Women's Elimination Chamber, better. I really thought if they put on a better show than the men's. The men, not far behind. I really thought the Men's Elimination Chamber match was was good, could have been great. The women's was great. I was very happy yeah. with the way. That, and if you had to compare the two, which one did you like better? Easily the women's. Easily. Yeah. I mean, it it, it it was too bad for the men that the women started first. Yep. And I, I tell you, uh, Drew McIntyre won. It looked like Randy Orton had the win, but Logan Paul came in, hit some brass knuckles, uh, took Randy Orton out. I'm excited to see where that goes next, by the way. But uh, Drew McIntyre is your men's elimination chamber winner. Good for Drew. Drew is a guy... And I was telling my buddy this as we were smoking cigars at 5 a.m. in the morning. Drew is just one of those guys. I can't put my finger on it, and I don't know why I can't get behind him. He looks good. He wrestles good. He delivers a good promo. But there's just from something missing for me trying to be a fan. But he got screwed during COVID, being the champion and having to go out there with no crowds and, and be the face of the company. He loses the belt when crowds come in. Hasn't quite gotten back to that level. Uh, I Good for him, and I'm really looking forward to And this heel Drew McIntyre, uh, basically taunting CM Punk. I love it. I, I love everything Drew McIntyre is doing right now, and I hope he can continue this because I'm starting to go, all right, now I'm on board with you. He hadn't signed a contract yet. So how is this going to play out? What is WrestleMania really going to look like, especially since there's a senior money in a bank? Yeah. I, you know, when it comes to the contract thing, you can, I can't, I, WWE is not dumb, right? And, and and no inside baseball. This is just us speculating. There's no way they're going to give a guy that doesn't have a contract that opportunity. There's got to be a handshake deal or or something in place to say, hey, you'll be here for a little bit. We'll work out the contract details. Hey, they're throwing him a bone, obviously. Yeah. They're enticing him. Here you go. This is a main event match right here. You versus Seth freaking Rollins. For the, for the World Heavyweight Championship, WrestleMania. Before we get on to the main event, uh, let's talk about the 800 video packages we got throughout this podcast for Visit Australia. Holy cow. I, it felt like 
they were trying to convince me this. Uh, listen, don't get me wrong. Australia, beautiful place. I, amazing people. I would love to go there and visit one day. But the video packages just seemed a little bit forced. Like, hey, come. You may never leave. They might have been one of the sponsors, so they had to throw that in there. Yeah. They are in the entertaining business, and they also in the international global business. UFC, WWE, you know, we're, we're putting it out there. So, you know, they're in Perth. So the least they can do is hype up that country. I've heard nothing but great things about it from my brother Delman, who who plays some years out there in the Australian League. And uh, yeah, I need to get out there before. I turn a hundred. I feel like you could still probably play in the Australian baseball league. Coach. Coach. I feel like you could coach in the Australian baseball league. Yeah, I can definitely coach, throw some batting practice, teach some guys how to hit. Will you bring me in as your as your assistant coach? And I could be, you know, your translator. I can help you translate Aussie. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. So uh Overall grade, before we talk about Ray, Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax match, overall grade for the whole pay-per-view for you? Oh, it was great. It was great. I, I was tired as hell watching this up to five in the morning and watching the final match. Uh, do you regret getting up? Do you feel like this was a, a, a pay-per-view you would have still enjoyed if you watched it six hours later when you woke up eating breakfast or whatever Dimitri Young does in the morning? You know, it, it goes back to being a wrestling fan and, and, and seeing something that comes on live that's somewhere else and, and, and you get to, to watch WWE in another country, in this case, Australia makes me feel like I'm like 12 years old uh, being able to get the pay-per-view to watch like the first WrestleMania. And actually the third one was the first one that I watched. But anyway, that's what it was like, you know, staying up like a kid. Here's how I described it. It felt like, and it was take the politics out, you know, the WWE and Saudi Arabia shows. Those are, you know, here where I live came on about 1 p.m. It was probably a little, what, uh, 11 p.m. or 11 a.m. your time uh, when they came on somewhere around there. Uh, It felt like a baseball day game. It felt special. It felt like, all right, I'm skipping school or I'm skipping work to watch this or kind of like you said, I'm staying up late. I remember, you know, growing up sometimes uh, living in Georgia for, you know, my high school years. I I was lucky enough to watch like Southern uh, Georgia wrestling and then like NWA would come on and then there would be like four or five different uh, small Georgia indie promotions, Crockett stuff that would come on from like it come on from nine to like 2 a.m. And every Friday and Saturday night. And it felt special watching it that late. Like I was getting away with something. So to be able to sit out at 5 a.m. to have a cigar and a beer, be slightly tired or bourbon. It felt like a special experience. If And I would do it again. And I hope I get the oh, opportunity man. to do it again, whether it's uh, Saudi Arabia or whether it's staying up until 5 a.m. to watch it in a different country. I totally would do that. Oh, I'll definitely do it again. 100%. All right. 
Let's uh, let's send this thing home and talk a little bit about the Rhea Ripley match, Nia Jax. Nobody thought Nia had an opportunity to win this. There's no way they're going to Australia. Uh, the Ripley Golden Girl was not coming in here and wasn't going to lose this match. No one. They did. Here's the thing. I get why you make this the main event. This did not have to be the main event. I'm sorry. This The match was not that great. And especially, Dimitri, I don't know if you caught this, when they were over on the uh, by the table and they were fighting, they forgot to pull everything off the table. It looked like yeah, that. Yeah, that was a bad landing. Yes. It just, it just looked like that match was just a step slow. Uh, nothing the two girls did wrong. It just did not mesh with each other's style. Uh, Maybe I was just tired and I was ready for bed, but it it was a very long pay-per-view. I was shocked. It felt like it was, what, three and a half, four hours long? It was really Mm -hmm. that long of a pay-per-view. But I, I I was taken out immediately anyways just because you knew this was not going to be a... A fair match. Uh, the pop for Rhea was amazing. What'd you think? Oh, I, you know what? I actually liked the match. And here's the, here's the reason. It was longer than a Nia Jax three-minute squash. She actually had to to move and 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 get in sequence and and put together a match with Rhea Ripley. And 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 then and then they've been building her up to be this monster hill and she's still, she's still going to come out being a monster hill. I, I, I really think that that match actually has propelled her up a step or two because that was, that, to me, it was a good match. It was power versus power and Rhea Ripley being the underdog power. But what did she do? She handled her business. That's why she's the best woman wrestler on the planet today. You know, we could talk about the Charlottes, the Beckys, the 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 Bianca Belairs, Oscar, EO, all of those women to me take second place. Rhea Ripley's number one. I can't argue with you. I mean, I, I look through the different companies. There's not a girl that has that kind of presence Ripley does. I, I'm i excited to see what happens when Jay Cargill gets to the main roster with some WWE seasoning and talent because I feel like she's really the only woman right now that Charlotte's out for a while. She's, she's obviously out of the mix. Uh, Becky Lynch, sure. But we've seen the Becky Lynch story many times. Uh, And it's not her fault, but that's the problem when there's a big gap between one and two. And that's the problem, I think, with the WWE women's roster sometimes is there's that big gap. Bailey was always good, but she was three. She was never two and she was never one. Now, at times, her mic skills are amazing. But Jade Cargill, I think, is going to be the only woman coming up on the horizon, I feel that deserves to take that belt away from Rhea. And you, and you know what? She's been getting a lot of negative press out there because, uh, you know, 
she needs more training and she's young in the business really and yeah. and the way that AEW presented her she she was just a monster goldberg style you know they didn't put into account let's really get her learn how to and it's the wwe way really you know knowing the camera and then coming up with a character i mean coming up with a character for her i mean she's got like like you're talking about jay cargill how is she going to be presented ultimately and that's going to be the telltale sign where she's going to be becky lynch and then all of a sudden, Jay Cargill's music going to play, and then she's going to start pounding on real Ripley, and then issue a challenge, and then she's the champ. Oh, that's just my my prediction. My bad. I like it. No, I like it. And I will say this. A, uh, AEW at times gets a lot of negative press, but for me, I liked what they did with Jade. They, they did something right with her where they took someone so green and at times covered it up well. At times they didn't, at times they did, but that's what happens with any green wrestler. To the point where she they 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 basically skyrocketed her, her career to the WWE. You know, there there she she went from being a green wrestler in AEW. That was her first opportunity based on how she looked and her body fat and all that stuff, to a WWE superstar. That's what AEW doesn't get enough credit for right there. And does she need probably some more training? Absolutely. You shouldn't knock her for that. It, it's protecting her. It's protecting her brand. And when she yeah, does yeah. finally get that training and come up, we're all going to be salivating, waiting to see this. Oh, yeah. She's going to be must-see for real. You know, you can't wait to see Jay Cargill or what she's going to be wearing or what's going to come out of her mouth. You know, who is she going to destroy this week? I mean, there's different scenarios that are going to play out. So, they they need to take their time with her. All right, so that is our elimination chamber preview. Uh, before we wrap this up, as we basically said at the top of the show, for people watching that missed the top and or whether you're you know just kind of clicked in on podcast, I don't know how that works. Look, we will miss Lars. Lars is on hiatus. Uh, hopefully, he returns one day. But uh, Dimitri, one of the OGs of the podcast, is back. He's finally home. He isn't going anywhere. And Dimitri, you know, I've always viewed you as a brother in my book. You and I became fast friends uh, since the first day I hit you up on Facebook and was like, I'm a wrestling nerd. Will you be one with me, too? <laughs> uh, and here we are. God, what was that, four or five years ago, it seems like? It's been that long. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time. And I've been away for a long time as well, you know, uh, doing the coaching and working with the youth and stuff. Still doing that now. But, um, you know, I have time to do this. Welcome and, home, Mr. Two-Time All-Star. We were happy uh, to you have could you just, back. You could, just call, you could just call me the meat hook. Uh, I'm cool with that. Hook. And once again, if you're watching this on Fightful, we will have uh, special shows on our own feed, Wrestling Perspective Podcast on YouTube, Facebook, 
wherever you get your podcasts, that's where it is. Make sure you go subscribe. Tell a friend. It helps us. We have an email address, wrestlingperspectivepodcast at gmail.com. Once a week, we'll do an or once a month, we'll do an email show. We'll do some emails throughout different shows if we get some interesting stuff. So make sure you're we want the fans to be part of this show going forward. That was something Dimitri and I were excited about. So we can't wait to have a lot of fan interactions. We will be doing a lot of live shows here. Mostly recaps. Our interviews will probably be mostly over a Fightful. We'll have different guests. We'll have people, different people we love that are wrestling fans sit in with us. Friends, famous sometimes, not famous sometimes, but that's what we're going to do. And uh, I'm excited, Dimitri. I'm excited as well. I was just playing in my head the different themes we could have for this show. And, um, of course, you got to stay tuned to see what T-shirt I'm going to be wearing. Because I am going to be wearing a wrestling t-shirt every time. So if you want to know what I'm wearing, stay tuned. Hey, Pro Wrestling Tees, I was serious, by the way. Sponsorship. And and indie wrestlers, if you're, uh, if you're oh, an indie Oh, yes. And you know, we, yes. We, that, that's another thing we kind of want to do. We both love indie wrestling, and we'll have indie wrestlers on and talk to them. We're not just going to talk to... AEW, any wrestlers that are big names, but we want indie wrestlers on too because you know part of the struggle of coming up the stories. I mean, I bet you, and maybe I'm kind of speaking out of turn here. You may have some great, you know, uh, minor league stories that are probably rival your major league stories. Oh, I have plenty of minor league stories. Oh my goodness, a lot of stories that I tell the kids are minor league stories. And I tell them the reason why a lot of the minor leaguers don't make it to the big leagues is always something. It might be injury. It might be something they did off the field, whatever it is. But I tell them that there's plenty of great ball players that never made it to the big leagues. And I'm pretty sure they're a boatload of indie wrestlers that are badass that didn't make it to WWE or AEW or TNA. But that doesn't mean that they're great. That they are great. All right. So wrestling perspective, make sure you follow us on all social medias. We'll be more active over there. Uh, Fightful. If you're watching on Fightful, follow us over on our you know wrestling perspective stuff. If you're on wrestling perspective stuff, watching us, go over to Fightful. Let's be one big happy family. Dimitri Young, Dennis Farrell, wrestling perspective. Dimitri, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at. at Dimitri, D-M-I-T-R-I, Demet Hook, D-A-M-E-A-T-H-O-O-K. And that's on right. Instagram. I only have one page. And you see what I'm dedicated to. Yeah. Are, are you on X or anything like that? No, I or probably Twitter? should get on there, but I'm just one of those lazy guys where I just basically scroll on Instagram, like some stuff that I like, and occasionally post. I'm trying to do better because I'm also working with Collector, uh, Collector and going to be a spokesperson for sports memorabilia because I used to have a badass PSA 10, G, Gym Mint 10 rookie card collection. And they look at me as one of the OGs in the card collecting world and might as well take advantage and talk about my experiences being a card collector, finding cards, dealing with shady characters before you find the guy that worked for you hardcore to build a collection and how it turned into a collection. So I'm getting that in the works. So I'll be speaking at some of these um, 
car shows and conventions over the summer. Ooh, you are you, now the nerd in me needs to know this. Are you going to start getting back into card collecting or are you going to do more wrestling memorabilia stuff? I don't know what I'm doing, but I do have a piece of memorabilia that I'll show off one day. Ooh, teaser. Look at the master of the tease right there, Dimitri Young. All right, guys, go enjoy the rest of your Sunday nights. Uh, that's when this show is you know, recorded. So, And thank you for uploading. And uh, we missed you. We're back. Enjoy. Have a good night, Dimitri. See you next week or this week or any day. Yeah, whenever we do our next one. All right, guys. Thank you.